Sometimes the amount of stuff we own can feel overwhelming. I'm always being told to declutter, to Mary Kondo it. Bits and pieces pile up. And the next thing we know, everything is just full of junk everywhere. Drawers won't close. Sometimes you can't even open them. Our garages are full of things we swear we needed but we're never going to get around to using. But I believe that our belongings, the things we have, sometimes they tell the stories of who we are, where we come from, and where we're going. I'm Christian O'Connell, and this is The Stuff of Legends. It's a very simple idea. I ask interesting people to tell us a story of the three most treasured items. Three things that might tell us a story of who they are. So many times when we're doing this show, I find that guests that I'm in front of actually surprise themselves with how much that object actually meant to them because they've never really shared it out loud. They're kind of like sharing a secret out loud with us. And you and I, we just get to sit back and hear it. Maybe it makes you think about some of the items in your life. Let's get into today's guest. I'm in awe of her. You might watch the play Tahani on Netflix's awesome The Good Place or seen her as a Marvel villain. Titania in She-Hulk. Hello, my name is Jamila Jamil. A fierce activist, in 2018, Jamila launched iWay, a radically inclusive online platform that is also now a brilliant podcast that I love. Well worth checking out. There's some really funny chats on there. I want to add in a content warning here. We do start to talk about suicide and self-harm. Now, if that is too much for you today, I completely understand that maybe today's show isn't for you. Jamila, in this though, is always open and honest and insightful, and today is no different. This is a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. All right, Jumita, so are you somebody that um, does collect quite a few things over the years? Are you a hoarder or is this quite difficult to find the objects? It, it was actually very difficult to find the objects because I'm not a sentimental person at all. And so, you know, I don't really have fears of anything burning down in a fire. <laughs> like, I, I'm just not attached to any things uh, no not any things but like I'm not attached to many things so it's a fucking nightmare to buy me presents you know uh, I've been with my boyfriend for eight years and and he he knows he's had to come to accept at this point I just want meals like I really like that that is the only thing that that moves me food is love it's very South Asian of me yeah, but it's uh, what you're giving someone then if you're going out for food, because some of the, your best conversations in life are over a meal, aren't they? And it isn't just about the quality of the food. It's about so much more than that. You're giving them an amazing experience when you go out and have a really great meal with good company, right? Yeah, exactly. I think I live from experience to experience. I'm very kind of focused on what if I, I know this sounds really dark, but what if I die today? And so that gives me this kind of drive to do exactly what I want every single day and to make the most of every conversation, every meal. It's made me quite a cutthroat person. I don't think, me think it about is. what I wear because, like, you know, your, your ghost is going to be wearing whatever you <laughs> died in forever in perpetuity. So I'm very thoughtful about that. If I haunt people, I want to look chic. It's dark inside this head. No, 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 it's not at all. I, you're right, there's not enough consideration about the afterlife and outfit options, are there? You know, no. We don't, no one ever talks about that side of it. You know, you don't want to be shabbily dressed for the afterlife or a possible haunting. You want to be an outfit that actually you're very happy with. And actually, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, on actually just crystallising that time is precious and why waste it? And I always think if I'm lucky enough to be on my deathbed and saying goodbye to all the people I love and you've got like that highlight reel of your life, it is going to be the scenes, those experiences, those meals. It isn't going to be the things really, is it? 
No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. The most clutter I have in my house is takeaway boxes. <laughs> All right, That's so it. is this mainly going to be three different takeaway boxes? Of no, the... it isn't. <laughs> All right, let's find out. What was the first item you've chosen to share with us today? Speaking of things that I would be worried about in a fire, the only thing I care about is making sure that I can protect my dog, get my dog out of there. My dog is like my most prized. It feels a little bit weird to call a living being a possession, but he is mine. He has got my surname. And so I think I think my dog might be my my most prized thing, the thing that I care about the most, the thing that I would do anything to preserve. All right, so is this one of the um, one of the things then? Is this the first one? Should we say, is it your dog? I think it is my dog, you know. Well, it sounds like it is. Tell me about your dog then. So what breed have you got? He's a poodle, spaniel, mutt type. He's extremely cute, like oddly, like sort of Kate Moss level photogenic. <laughs> uh, it's, it's devastating. He eats me up in every photograph. You know, you can't be photographed with this dog. I just went back to London and uh, I used to be relatively well known in London because I had a big career there for eight years and no one recognises me anymore, but everyone wants to stop the dog. It's like going out with Billy fucking Eilish. It's mad. Um, and You're eclipsed by the dog. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he was given to me as a present to try to make me feel... <laughs> But that feels like some sort of intervention. What do you mean to make no, you I know. feel? You <laughs> must have feelings. Come I, on. I'm quite a pragmatic, detached person. I'm sure I'm coming across as incredibly charming right now, but you are. You I are. can be I can be quite a detached person and I don't like and I'm not sentimental. And this is kind of this is demonstrated by how hard it was when I was asked for these three things to come up with because I don't feel these attachments. And so I think it was it was probably a test by my boyfriend to find out if I'm actually a sociopath, like if I could actually <laughs> feel something for an adorable creature. And I'm completely in love with the dog. And the dog has softened me up as a person so much and kind of opened up this sort of maternal side to me that has also ensured that I will never have children. Like, that's it. If the hope of everyone was to get me to feel maternal and then want a baby, that has backfired immensely and and he's filled the void. So what is the dog's name? You said he's got your surname. Is that his actual name? Um, his first name is stupid. Uh, no, that's not his actual name. Uh, his first name is Barold, which is like Harold mm-hmm. but with a B because a friend of mine is so overly posh that when I said I wanted to call him Barry, with Barry being my favourite name in the world. It's the greatest name. Uh, she was like, oh, is that short for Beryl? Because of Harry and Harold. <laughs> yes. and I was like, well, this is an infinitely stupider name I'm going yeah. with this. And so now, now I have this dog that sounds like a dusty old professor and he's fantastic. He sounds like a Harry Potter sort of character, doesn't he? Barold, Professor Barold. Yeah. Yeah, he is. And he's, you know, he's gay. He's in a relationship with a, uh, he's got a, a sort of sexy, uh, bisexual French boyfriend, a French bulldog called Bo. He's living the West Hollywood high life in Los Angeles. Bo and Barold feels like a movie that needs to be made <laughs> by Judd Apatow. I know. No, he's, he's really great. And he's just, uh, he means more to me than I ever knew an animal could. I've never been a big animal person. And now that's it. I'm just a, a melted pot of goo. Yeah, but they give you this amazing, unconditional love. They require next to nothing from you. They just transmit love, don't they? It's like getting a standing ovation every time you walk in the room. Exactly they don't have to have that. a distorted yes. sense of time, right? Yes, it is. It's very rare that a human will, as soon as they see you, 
start screaming and piss themselves and then jump all over <laughs> you and lick you on your face. And that's probably a good thing. And it's but just it's an elderly, like, confused relative. something that I expect. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so where does Barold sleep? Has he got his own bed or is he on the bed, in the bed with you? No, 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 no. That would be uh, the death of the sex life. Yes, it is. So he's, yes. he's in a little cute den that he's got that he stays in until the morning. And has he got treats, the collar, everything? Oh, he's got all the shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I poured all of my, like, I'm probably one of those um, truly un, like, unhinged people who treats their dog like their child. The worst kind of people, the, pe- the people that I, I swore I would never become. I'm fully there. He's got all the newest toys. I, I spent hours browsing for things to bring him joy and they don't mean anything to him. He's got no frontal lobe. He doesn't give a shit. No, they don't, do they? But it makes me happy. It's a bit sad, but it works. No, it's not. I've got two dogs and they are, they're just such great company because they don't require anything from you other than just, can you just be around? Can you just be around me? That's it. They're so much better than people, aren't they? I, I hate to say this, but yes. Sometimes words and that get in the way. You just like, intimacy is silence. The frontal lobe was the worst thing that ever happened to society. <laughs> Your poor boyfriend, I'm thinking you must be looking and going, if only you would have a frontal lobotomy and this relationship <laughs> would be amazing. Oh, God, it was great. It's, it's like he, it was just the most brilliant uh, gesture from him, although, you know, there, it came a point where I became, you know, a little bit too fixated with the dog and forgot about him for a little while. But no, he's, he's great. We love, we love this, this little rot, rotter. All right, so we got barrels. Yeah, we've got barrels. Okay, what is your next item? The dog that taught me how to feel. Um, my next <laughs> item is, and this is terribly bougie of me. It's going to sound bougie, but it's not. It's a bit dark. Can I go dark? On you do as dark as you want. Okay. There is no darkness on this show. There's only light. Okay. So I tried to take my own life when I was 26 years old, and I did it in this kind of very. It wasn't the first time I tried, but this time I was, I was sure it was going to be it. I was like, right, I'm going to do everything I've wanted to do. Just kind of just like sort of silly, frivolous things. I'm going to spend all of my life savings on this kind of final week of my life. Just do everything I want to do. I did this. I lived it up and yet still was very dedicated to ending it at the end of that week because I just was living a life that I was completely unable to survive at the time. I attempted to take my life and had this word with myself in which I thought, okay, well, this is twice now that I've tried. Perhaps I'm supposed to stick around. And so if I am going to stay here, I'm going to do everything in my human power to change every single aspect of my life that has gotten me to this low point. I'm going to use myself as a full crash test dummy to try anything and everything for as long as it takes, however selfish it is, however chaotic it is, I'm going to save my own life. And so I went and I bought myself this tiny Tiffany's diamond necklace as a little reminder to myself that I wore I've worn that every day for about seven years to remind myself of this honour that I have to myself to save my life. I think a lot of us don't realise that we have more agency, especially those of us with children. I think it gets harder when you have people who depend on you. But there is more agency than you think. And a lot of us overextend ourselves for our families or for loved ones or for bosses. We allow these figures in our life to dictate the decisions that we make. 
And I think that can be incredibly and very literally dangerous. And I had been pushed to a point where I didn't want to be here anymore. And I had all the things that you're supposed to want. I had the money, I had the fame, I had the, you know, the praise of everyone around me. I was sort of like this, like DJ, this model, this it girl. And, and yet the people around me were destroying my life. Was it like you, you felt like you were giving too much of yourself away and what you did or what you learned was to call yourself back, almost bring yourself back to you, your own sovereignty, your power? A hundred percent. Yeah. I was just being taken advantage of and emotionally abused in a way that just felt like, and like nothing can fix this. Nothing is worth sticking around in this. And I felt like I had no way out. And so often we actually do have a way out. We're just afraid of being self-serving enough to take that selfish step. And, and I think selfishness has got a really bad reputation. Mm. I highly advocate for some selfishness, some levels of like manageable selfishness, manageable self-servingness. And so this diamond necklace was this kind of pledge to myself of like, it's a new day. And so I treated myself as if I was almost newly born. And it's been a kind of 10 year experiment to do whatever I want in order to save my life. So I've stopped holding anything in. I get literally everything off my chest uh, to mixed results on Twitter. I've learned the power of the word no. I have invested in the things that bring me joy. I have cut off, whether it be family members, loved ones, friends, cut off anyone who oversteps my boundaries and causes me pain and isn't willing to change. And I think that low point was one of the best things that ever happened to me. Wow, what a, a beautiful thing to say. You literally brought yourself back from the dead. I did, I did. And this 10-year this experiment seems to have worked because I'm still here and I'm actually the happiest I've ever been. I'd never been happy before. You know, I had an oh incredibly tough childhood, incredibly abusive childhood. Yeah. Grew up caring for so many, like, deeply, deeply mentally ill people, which it can't have been easy for them either. But it's extraordinary to know, and I... I I'm so glad I hung on and I urge anyone else to hang on. Shit can't get worse than this. You have nothing to lose. Throw everything at saving your own life. I beg of you because it can get better. And my life has. I'm I'm finally happy. One funny thing about that, though, is that because I thought I was going to die, I did burn through all of my money, including that fucking diamond necklace. <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> so that was the only flip side of that. You know, I really, I spent it like I wasn't taking it with me and of I course. had no one to pass it on to. So uh, I really fucked myself there, to be honest. Listen, I just have to bow down and respect your story of redemption. It's like your own resurrection. There's something incredible. You're right. A very close friend of mine took his life a couple of years ago and we, uh, we thank you, we were devastated and but... I always think that he just wanted the pain in that moment. Everything became, he couldn't simplify it all. Everything was too much, was unbearable. And I think he'd lost himself. He didn't know where he'd begun in the end. He sort of dissolved and he couldn't work out how to, to get himself through it. I think he wanted to end it in that moment. I don't think he wanted to end his life. But Jamila, thank you for trusting me with that story. It's an amazing story. And just, I can hear it, I can feel it, I can see what you've made from that moment is, it's almost like your life begun again or actually properly begun then, the real you. You found the real yeah, it you. it feels like, yeah, it feels like I'm 10 years old now. It feels as though that was my first experience of ever living a life. You know, I'd never, ever been given permission to live my life for myself. And it was the first time I did. And it completely changed the way that I saw everything. And now I'm kind of on a mission with my podcast and yeah. with all of the work that I do to make sure no one hits the depths that I've hit. 
And if they do, hopefully they won't feel so alone. Yeah, it's like sometimes the breaking apart that we have is necessary and vital because you kind of reveal the the real the real you that's just waiting there, like a sort of pearl, just waiting to be sort of opened up and emerge into the world. And you're right, sometimes it, we feel like we need someone else's permission to do that. 100%. Okay, Jamila, so far then... You've shared with us that you've chosen your dog, Barold, your diamond necklace. What is the third and final item you've got today on Stuff of Legends? My next item, again, not terribly frivolous, but it's all the scars all over my body, including the massive stretch marks uh, above my tits, <laughs> or on my tits. <laughs> I, uh, I oddly love them. I hated all my scars so much. I have this condition called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. It's a, it's a lack of collagen. It means that anything that even grazes me will scar me. It kind of means that like, while my body looks like I've had sex with Edward Scissorhands... <laughs> what, what an image! <laughs> just, I'm just covered in scars. It's kind of become this amazing scrapbook of my life. And some of these injuries that I have, like these forever reminders of, like as you grow older, you grow this kind of affection. I don't take a lot of photographs. I wish I took more, but I I always forget to capture the moment. And so it's almost like my skin has been capturing some of the funniest and stupidest and chaotic moments of my life for me. Yeah, you're kind of your own um, walking photo album in a way of like the moment. You like your own museum. Oh, my, it's fantastic. I mean, talk about my love for um, takeaway, right? I've got this incredible scar across my knee. I'm looking at it right now. And it's clear that I've had just a lot of stitches on it. And it's this brilliant crisscross from when I was running for a lamb curry <laughs> at light, at light speed. Because <laughs> there really is nothing I won't do for food. Um, and it was about 11pm and the curry mundial was about to close. And uh, I was running like my life depended on it. And I fell over and split my knee open. and had to go to the hospital instead, never got curry. But just silly things like that. I've got sex accidents. I have multiple scars from being a supervillain on in Marvel. Of course. You know, playing Titania. And so I've got kind of little marks and scars from doing that. That's a reminder. I've got places where my dog scratched me that remind me of him. It's this weird new way I've kind of twisted my thinking around. My body getting bigger, meaning I'm taking up more space in the world. And that's kind of cool and revolutionary for someone who's been in this industry that's been telling me to shrink myself my whole life. Yeah. I kind of love it all. And I find scars so sexy on other people. And so I don't know why I was so ashamed of mine when I was younger. But I've grown to think they're fucking fantastic. You're right. These scars are, they're your own. They're part of the story of your life, aren't they? Do you have any like big scars that from like a significant thing that you can like, do you have like any, any kind of massive scars or you're not terribly scarry? No, I've actually got, I've got quite a few. Now I think about it, I've, I've literally got a, a scar on my knuckle from after seeing the Rocky movie, going home and trying to turn my beanbag <laughs> into a Rocky makeshift improvised punch bag and uh, hoisted it over my bedroom door, went to throw <laughs> some kind of punch and hit my uh, bedpost and uh, broke two of my knuckles and I'm going to have to go to A&E. And because I was just a kid, I told them actually rather make a story up and I remember I heard the doctor go out from this little cubicle 
tell somebody else and I heard them laughing and someone <laughs> come in just to clearly have a look at the idiotic 13-year-old who thought he was Rocky Balboa. But yeah, you're right. The scars have got these stories. When you say you're not sentimental. Oh, they're fantastic. They're fantastic. Yeah, I mean, my, I've got so many stretch locks across my arse. It looks like an A to Z of London. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Taxi drivers could you have just... to study you <laughs> for the knowledge. Yeah, honestly, it's like hieroglyphics or something. Like, it's just bonkers. These are my own, these are my own weird cave paintings, yes. I think. Yes. And so, you know, I'm I'm just going to keep living my life now without being so fucking concerned about it. It's just a free tattoo. It's really a free tattoo. I've got to say, right, as well, I just think um, for someone who began this by saying they're not very sentimental, I think you're incredibly sentimental. I think you're more, <laughs> really? more in your heart. Yeah, way more. Just hearing you talk about these and the affection for them, I think you're way more. Well, listen, Jamila, thank you so much for your honesty and uh, sharing some beautiful moments with us as well. I've got so much from this chat. I hope you have as well. I've really, really enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah, I've had a I've had a lovely a lovely time. Thank you so much. I hope I speak for you as well, but every time I do stuff of legends, I leave the conversation with something but it's stirred up on me. And today, so much has come out of the chat with uh, Jamila. The scars on our bodies can be cherished. I'm looking at some of the ones on my body as well. What a great reminder, a tiny reminder for us to live every day like you're actually dying and to always wear a great outfit just in case our ghost is ever stuck wearing it for eternity. Just a reminder, Jamila's brilliant podcast, I Weigh, is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you liked our conversation today, then you will love I Weigh. There are certain episodes I go back to time and time again to have a listen to. Please follow Stuff of Legends on the iHeartRadio app to find out our next guest and to listen to the first season where there's some great chats with Ricky Gervais, Hamish Blake, Celeste Barber, Matthew McConaughey and loads more. Oh, I forgot about my mate Russell Brand. I'm Christian O'Connell and I'll see you next time, I hope, on Stuff of Legends. If you or someone you care about needs support, services are available. In Australia, you can call Lifeline on 13 11 14 or Beyond Blue on 1300-22-4636. If you're listening to this outside of Australia, please check the show notes for websites that can help you. If you're in an emergency or at immediate risk of harm to yourself or others, please call 000 in Australia or emergency services in your country.